Good morning. It's nice to see so many of us here and enjoy the Lord. Well, we're wrapping up another year, getting ready to embark upon a new one. And it's not always been easy because I know that we all have struggles. In fact, we admit that we have a problem. I have a problem. That problem is sin, of course. And that problem is also influencing the world. But we have a cure because we have Christ. And we need to look at that as our influence. This morning we're going to look at the sacrifice of righteousness, living, acting, seeking. And then we'll fill in the last one. Because you see, it's how you see yourself in Christ. God called us and gave us his son. But how do you see yourself in Christ? Because you see, it's up to the individual. I can't save you. You can't save me. My problems aren't your problems and your problems aren't mine. Because we're unique. And we're individualistic. And so it's how you see yourself in Christ and how God sees you. Because God sees us not through our old man. <coughs> he sees us through the blood of Christ if we're in Christ. And Christ is working to separate us from the thoughts of this life and this world because we're endeared towards God. Problem is, is the world wants us to be at odds with God. Because the world always preaches religion and God in a negative way, do they not? Because they want to make religion and God seem like it's a bad thing. Because, you know, you're missing out on all the good things in life, right? That's the way they portray it. But actually, it's, it. it's just the opposite. Because this world is, that's carnal, that's physical, is going to pass away. And each one of our lives is only but a vapor. We're here and then we're gone. So what is it that we need to understand? Well, we need to understand that the sacrifice that was done for us puts us in a special place in front of the Father. We have a place of grace, a place of blessings in front of the Father when we're walking in the light. The world does not enjoy that. They're still struggling to see God. We are too. But we're struggling to understand and obey. Because you see, the love that we that God has for us has already been on display. But then he has to change our mind when we come to love him. Because the world has us loving all kinds of physical, carnal, temporal things. But God wants us to look beyond that to things that are more excellent, to most excellent, to the most highest things, spiritually. Because we have a destination that's not carved out with hands down here. We look for a city made without hands because we want to go be with God. So our text this morning is Psalms 51, verse 16 and 17. And we're going to read a little bit before that, but I'd like to read the text first. For thou delightest not in sacrifice, or else I would give it. Thou hast no pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. You know, we always 
look to what can I do or what am I supposed to be doing in Christ? You know, because this is the way we measure ourselves, isn't it? You know, we measure ourselves that way. And we go, well, you know, I, I need to do this or do that. Well, realistically, what is it that we need to do? We need to seek God. Seek Him first, His kingdom first, and that righteousness. Because then He guides us. I can't be guided to God, by God, unless I look to Him and put Him above all else. Because you see, trust is the issue. When God says this for us to do things, we need to trust Him. When He tells us to stay away from things, we need to trust Him. Because that trust and that obedience, that seeking, is what separates us from the world. Because they're distrustful of God. They're not seeking God. They're not actively looking for God. They're actively looking for an excuse not to be with God. And they're not living in Christ. So we have to look at that. Let's go up in the chapter, Psalms 51. Starting with the second verse. It says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now I want you to notice that this is a prayer. This is the person's desire, their thought. So it comes from our thoughts and desires. If everything about God is negative because we think we're giving up everything, which we're not, but we think that sometimes because the world wants us to think that, then we don't get endeared towards God and his moralities and his ways. Because we're still listening to the world in our old ways. My old man, so to speak. But this person, the psalmist here, is desiring. He's desiring to be free from what he already knows is his iniquity. I'm not going to deny that I'm a sinner. But I will say that I'm trying not to sin. Right? There's a difference. The world is the world is ran off sick with sin. They rejoice in sin. We don't rejoice in sin. And when we do rejoice in sin, it's because we don't understand the eternal nature of God and what he is actually trying to do in the big picture because we're down looking amongst the trees. He said, For I know my transgressions, and we do, and my sin is ever before me. And we know that, see? Our sin is before us, so we know these things. So we want to know how to get away from that. Because we know that we're forgiven of it. And yet, we know that we still have problems. Don't we? Because we can't say that, well, we're forgiven of it. And, uh, well, <laughs> I don't do anything wrong. Seriously, I don't. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. Because we don't live 100% sinless. There's no way to do that. So how do we do that? We do it in Christ. Broken and contrite heart. We're going to get to that here in just a second, you see. But broken over what? Over sin. And the separation it causes from God. See, do you want to be close to God or do you want to be separated from God? I mean, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Because the world wants you to be close with the world and all their ideologies. They'll preach right to you, come right in your face and charge it a price. <laughs> but that's the way the world works. But God's not like that. He entreats us with love. And that love 
culminated in a sacrifice. So it wasn't the kind of love that the world puts out here, like he's going to give me a big hug and make it all warm and friendly and cuddle me. It's even a greater love, isn't it? It's a love of salvation because of sacrifice. Well, we have a sacrifice to give back to God, do we not? It's not a one-way street, is it? Against the only have I sinned. He recognizes that his sins against God and done that which is evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Now I want you to see that. He wants me to be honest with myself, honest with you. And when I have problems, when I have sin, the worst thing I can do is try to hide it from God. You know, like Adam and Eve did, right? Adam and Eve, they had a sin, they tried to hide it from God. How successful was that? Was it? We're not going to hide our sin from God. God made me. And I have problems. And he knew I'd have problems. And he made a way out of those problems. He gave me his word. He gave me his son. He gave me hope. He gave me salvation. So we've got to understand we already have salvation. We're not working to get salvation. Right? You're not going to earn it. You couldn't earn it if you wanted to. So if you think you're going to gain it because you're going to get better and do better, no, 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 no. Stop right there. Go back to the cross, back to when you're baptized, and realize that you are a child of God. You can walk in the Lord. You can make that decision each and every single day. Sunday included, it's nice to see you all here. <laughs> you know, but we worship God daily. We walk in Christ daily. Every day that we live. Verse 6 again. And behold thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part thou wilt make me to know wisdom. Well I'm going to have to think about it ain't I? I'm going to have to read about it. He says purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is what's afforded to us folks. Is to walk this life. Even though we're imperfect, we have imperfections. But God sees us whiter as snow through His Son. If we're walking towards Him, if we're living, acting, seeking, not only appreciating the sacrifice of righteousness, but manifesting that. And how do I manifest that? When I love God more than I love sin. When I learn to tell myself, no, <coughs> don't listen to that. Learn to understand and trust in God. Listen to Him. Whatever He tells me will be fine. I may not understand it all. I may not know how to get it there. But I trust Him. I trust and obey. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. You see, we have to be broken by sin. It has to take us down before we can even recognize how deep we are in it. Right? 
I'm not, you don't look at me like I'm the only one. <laughs> Maybe I am. But here's the thing. You don't look up until you're on the downside of things. You just don't. That's human nature. And when we think, it's just like the public out here, when they think they can get away with it, they're speeding like crazy out here. If you go, if you travel anywhere, you go speeding. Or I'll say it's speeding four, speeding three. If you pass like crazy, why? Because they don't think they're going to get caught and they don't have any, they're not trying to be righteous in any way. The world is not given to God, but we are. That's why we come here. And we've got to learn that this salvation that's already granted to us when we're in Christ. You're not earning it. You're not going to go, well, uh, I'm not saved today, but I've been baptized, and tomorrow I'll be better, and then I'll earn it. I mean, I'll, I'll be better, Lord. And then, you know, it ain't going to be that way. Because even when I'm better, I'm still not righteous, 100%. Unless it's in Christ. Because he's the one that makes me righteous. And so when I sacrifice my will to God, that's a sacrifice of righteousness. If it's in the right way for the right thing. We're not monks. He doesn't want us to go out here and punish ourselves. But the world out here will call us into every kind of wrong thinking there is. And guess what? You know, I used to preach, well, what if we lived in an oppressive society like Nazi Germany or Russia or China? Well, guess what? We live in one. It's okay. It's all right. Because we live as Christians. And our war is with spiritual things. Our battle is the spiritual thing. Our, our weaponry is the word of God. You see. And so each day I have a battle to fight in my own mind. Living, acting, seeking God. Living in Christ. You know. Teacher said and done. We're all working on it, are we not? Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. Hide my face, hide thy face from my sins, verse 9, and blot out all mine iniquities. Here it is, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now you have to have that wish. You have to have that desire. If you don't have that wish and desire, you need to get that wish and desire. Because you do what you think about. You become what you think about. You know, guy that thinks about running and making good time on a track, he trains to get there. The guy that's going to shoot the basketball and hit it every time in the hoop, he doesn't just wait till the day of the game and show up. Well, I haven't shot a basket in about three months, but I think I can win. We all know that's dumb. We practice righteousness each and every day so that when the world comes up against us, we can not only recognize it, but we're fortified. We've had some experience. We've had some practicing. Now, guess what? That guy that practices those shots, does he make every one? No. And when you practice your righteousness, are you going to be successful each and every time? No, no. Because you've got to learn some lessons. But it's okay, because in Christ you still have salvation. 
He's not down there doing like a yo-yo. Well, he didn't do so good. Oh, he's not doing too bad. You know, it's not a yo-yo thing. Because it's long-term thing. God's not like you and I. He's not up there going, oh, let's see, Paul did this. Oh, oh, he did that. Oh, oh, and he fixed it by doing that. That's not even written. That's not even scripture. We know that. We're forgiven of our sins, made white as snow by the blood that Christ offered to for us on the cross. And when we come into it through baptistry, guess what? We have the right to be called sons of God and walk on that highway of holiness, highway of righteousness. Verse 10, I want to read it again because I like this verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Now, who's doing the creating, me or God? Well, obviously, I screwed up or I wouldn't have been asking for a clean heart. See? We're asking for a clean heart because we know we have a problem, and he has a solution, you see. Create in me a clean heart. Create to make something from nothing. You realize our creator made the earth and everything that's here and you and I from nothing. Not like you and I. We create, we call it creating something when we make this table. But we didn't make the wood. We didn't make the steel for the saw. We didn't make any of that stuff, but we created something. We did. We made something from what God gave us. God created something from nothing. And that's what he's doing for you and me. We are just dust, we come, and dust we go. And the only thing that's going to fill us up in between is the Spirit of God to lift us out of the dust. So it's all about who we trust. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Look at the wish and the prayer. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. In other words, remind me again and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy way because you're convinced of it. You want others to come along and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Now notice that the tongue here is singing a lot of God's righteousness. Where's my righteousness come from? God. Do I have any righteousness of my own? No. Why? Because Christ is our righteousness. He is. He's the only one that was ever able to even be the sacrifice. So what's my job? Have that broken heart, that contrite heart against sin, and to love my God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. But that doesn't come just by waking up one day and going, well, I'm loving God. That's it. That's it. I'm loving God. No. It's like anything else. It comes from the desire to seek, to learn, to want to learn. It takes time. You ever learn something? like a, a job or like I did, guitar or whatever. You don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do this or that. No, you go, hmm, I wonder how this is done. 
Oh, they do it this way, do it that way. We have instruction from God on how it's done in Christ, you see. And we have to look at that just like we would at anything else. It's wintertime. How many of us are planning for what we're going to do when the weather breaks? Yeah. And how do we plan? Well, let's see. Let's get a map out if we're traveling. But see, we don't think about that with God. We don't think about that. We just show up one day and go, well, I wonder why I'm having so many problems. Well, that's a great start. Because when we realize that we have the problems, then we have to find out where to look for the solution. And the solution is Christ. The solution is Christ every single time. For thou, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou delightest not in sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou hast no pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Turn with me to Psalms 107. And we're going to read uh, 13 down to 22. He sends us words that heal. I have a problem. I need not only salvation, but I need healing. I don't want to be a spiritual cripple all my life. I am. We all are. But I don't want to be. I don't want to be a spiritual cripple. I'd like to stand on a couple of feet that God gives me on higher plane, on higher ground. How do I do that? Well, God sends us his words for healing. Psalm 107, starting in the 13th verse, he said, Then they cried unto Jehovah in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. So that's when we cry. We cry to Jehovah in our distress. But there are things that go on before that. We need to be thinking about Jehovah all the time. But a lot of times, this is what happens. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and he break their bonds asunder. That's what he's doing to us. Sin has us in bonds, in chains. You ever been a servant of sin? We've all been a servant of sin somewhere or another. You don't have to raise your hand because I know it's shameful. But I'll raise mine. And when we are, what do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in bonds and in chains. And it can be a lot of different things. What if it's an attitude? <coughs> what if it's my anger? What if it's my indifference? What are those? Maybe those could be, you know, some bonds of sin, you know. Not just kleptomania and sexuality and stuff. There's all kinds of stuff out there to chain. Or are you free in Christ? Let him bring you to where you need to be, to where you're not in bondage to those things anymore out there. And he break the bonds asunder. Oh, that men would praise Jehovah for his loving kindness. A lot of times we don't even see that it's loving kindness that he's doing with us. We a lot of times see the trials of life as something that's really bad. And it kind of is. But we don't see the big picture that he's working with us. That we might learn something from the trials of life, you know. Oh, that men would 
Praise Jehovah for his loving kindness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I can say this. I've been blessed all my life. Haven't you? I mean, I've never went hungry unless I wanted to. Always had a place to sleep. Even if it was a car, but that's my choice. Right? We've been blessed. It's good. And God blesses us spiritually. And sometimes the world, the only thing they think about is the physical blessings that he gives. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of life. And we all pray that, and I do too. And I am very thankful for the blessings of life, but that's not the only blessings that he has. Because the spiritual blessings. I want to be on there that day. I, the day that I die, I don't want to have to fear it. That's the first thing. And the second thing, I want to be there where God is. Look at the things that he's given us now. You know, hell is just devoid of anything God gives us. Light, love, anything that's nice, you know, it's devoid of God. I don't want that. I don't think you do either. Because I've seen the beauty that God can create. All right? <clears throat> For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron and sunder. <clears throat> Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. The world's afflicted out here. Their soul abhorreth all manner of food, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto Jehovah in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. All through here he saves us when we cry back to him. He sendeth his word and healeth them, and delivereth them from their destruction. Well, that's great that he sends us his word, but what if I never open that thing? How's he going to speak to me then? Are you waiting for that mysterious voice that comes from the cloud? Well, it's not going to happen because he put it in his put it in writing that we might read, so that we might contemplate and understand and have deeper than just oh, well, you saw we're doing something. We have knowledge. Our faith is based on knowledge. Our faith isn't based on a fairy tale, fantasy, or once upon a time. Based on a real man came here in the form of a man, it was God. And he gave his life for us. Like he said this morning, he gave up all his divine prerogatives that he'd live like us and faced every temptation just as we did. But he became qualified to be our salvational Savior. And we can't ever say anything even close to that. He sendeth his word and healeth them and delivereth them from their destruction. All that men would praise Jehovah for his loving kindness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. The sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works in singing. You see, we don't realize, we're not thankful. Because we live in a time where people want more and more and bigger and better and best. And nothing's ever good enough. But when we come to God, all that stuff goes away. And you know what? We start to appreciate the simple. We start to appreciate the little things God gives us. Because it's no longer about the carnal things. It's no longer about the money. It's no longer about the prestige. It's about being at one with God. It's about having that relationship with the Lord. It's about knowing what the Holy Spirit has to say <coughs> to us. 
and being transformed by that word. I want to be transformed by the word because the world's done a hell of a job, if you will. On my mind, how about yours? You see? And God's trying to straighten us out because he wants us to come with him. But it's a choice. See, I have to make a choice. Do I love the temporal things of this life and all the ideologies and nonsense that they go along with? Do I trust that? Or do I love and trust God? And he speaks against those things. It is a choice, but it's an educated choice if we read the word. Turn with me to Hosea 6. Hosea 6 chapter. Let's read a couple of ones here. 4 through 7. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, as a Jew that goeth away early. You know what he's saying there? He's saying... They repent and they come back to him for a moment, you know, like the morning dew, and they're good, you know. Oh, oh God, save me from this drowning, and I'll be good for the rest of my life until I get back to shore. Boom, I'm back to my old man the next day. Right? Isn't that how the world is? <laughs> that's the problem with the world. Their repentance, and that's he's he, he's talking to his people. He's talking to us. Our repentance is like a cloud or a vapor because, yes, we, we are sorry for sin. Yes, we come back to God, but, oh, oh, the attractiveness of the world takes it right away. Ought not to be. Ought not to be. Look what he says again. Oh, oh Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? Oh, Judah, what shall I do unto thee? He's talking to his people. For your goodness is as a morning cloud. And the dew that goeth away early. Therefore I have hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And thy judgments are as the light to go forth. For here it is. For here it is. For I desire goodness and sacrifice. And the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. More than burnt offerings. He wants us to know about it. He wants us to understand it. He wants us to love him a little bit. He wants us to have a relationship. He wants us to understand this goes two ways. And he allows us to have that in Christ. See, my sacrifices would mean nothing if it's not for Christ. Our spiritual sacrifices mean nothing out on our own because it's through his son that we're exonerated and that we come to him. Proverbs 15. We're going to read the first 10 verses. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but a grievous word stirreth up anger. The tongue of the wise uttereth knowledge, aright, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. The eyes of Jehovah are in every place, keeping watch upon the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breaking of the spirit. A fool despises his father's correction, but he that regardeth reproof getteth prudence. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, 
but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish does not do so. Now here it is, verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to Jehovah, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to Jehovah, but he loveth them that follow after righteousness. So the question is, is what are we following? The things of this life? Or if we fall away after righteousness that God's prescribed here. I want to be the one that's under his caring hand, trying to work, walk in the paths of righteousness. Because the world out here doesn't regard God like that. But we do. Turn with me to Psalms 40. Verses 4 and 8. Four through eight. We've got to learn to trust God. Blessed is the man that maketh Jehovah his trust. Blessed is the one that makes Jehovah his trust. Why? Because Jehovah showed us over and over. And he's trustworthy. And we can trust that he will do what he says he'll do to us. Blessed is the man that maketh Jehovah his trust and respecteth not the proud nor is such a turn aside to lies, which is the world out there. Many, O Jehovah my God, are the wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us word. They cannot set, be set in order unto thee if I would declare and speak of them. They are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou hast no delight in. Mine ears thou hast opened. Mine ears thou hast opened. God can open our ears. You know, he said in there, in the one place, he said, they have ears to hear, but they don't hear. And here we're seeing that this person's ears are open. I want my ears open. I want to be able to hear what God has to say to me. And I would rather my ears be closed to the world out here. Because they interested in my salvation, they're interested in my destruction, my anguish, my angriness. Okay, maybe it's just me. I watch the news and I get angry. Don't watch the news. Read God's word. He's got a better message. Sacrifice and offering, verse six, thou hast no delight in my ears, thou hast open. Burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I am come in the roll, in the book. It is written of me. I will delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written in my heart. There's our Savior. There's our Savior. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness to in the great assembly. Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Jehovah, thou knowest. See, he's saying that he knows about God, and he won't stop talking about God. Because God brought him to a different arena in his life. That's the question. Are we allowing God to work with us in a living, active, seeking manner that we might be what's your word in there? I know what the word I'm going to put in there. Think about it for a minute. We'll come back to it. Mark 12.
We're going to read 28 through 33. And one of the scribes came, and hearing them questioned together, knowing that he had answered them well, and asked, What commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So the first thing he's wanting to know is that Lord God is all-powerful. But notice he said, just before that, he said, Hear, O Israel, hear, hear, O Israel. That's our problem. One of the problems is we're not hearing God because we're not seeking God. We're not actively living in Christ. So sometimes we're just not hearing. But here he says, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. The second is, thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And then I say to myself, wow, I'm lost because I can't do either one of them. <laughs> right? If I listen to the world out here, I can't do either one of them. I can't love God or my neighbor. <coughs> That's what the world says. The world wants me to be at odds with God and odds with my neighbor. You ever thought about that? <coughs> No wonder we can't get law out down here. Sin's a separator. God's trying to bring us to him. So let's look at verse 30 again. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Well, that's the inner being. Well, how can I love something that I don't understand? I found that that was a problem with me. I didn't understand God. I had preconceived ideas that the world had given me about God. When I read his word, guess what he gives me? Understanding. Then I see I'm not supposed to trust in gold. I'm not supposed to trust in things of men. I'm supposed to trust in God. He gives me a spiritual life and a spiritual vision and a spiritual look and a spiritual way and a spiritual mind and a spiritual heart. Because he's calling me. My body's going to drop dead one day. It's going to be a heart attack thing. I know it. Anyhow, I'm going to drop dead one of these days. The body. But where's the spirit going? Am I ready? Do I want to go with God? Do I even know anything? Think about this. All the people purport to know about God want to go to heaven. And they get there and they don't know nothing about anything. How would that work? You think you're going to let them in? You think you're going to be saved and all the stuff that's down here in heaven? No, no. He's, he's getting that off. He's cleansing us. They're not going to be sin in heaven. No. Because we're going to be purveyors of righteousness because we're going to seek righteousness. We're going to actively live in righteousness. We're going to be seeking. We're going to be, my word is obedient. Faithful. There, there's a lot of words you put there. Faithful, obedient, humble, subject to God. There's a lot of things we can put there, but we don't get there until we start walking down the path of righteousness through Christ. 
and recognizing the salvation that we already have. Because if you think that the salvation's in the future and you're going to get better and you're going to get the salvation, you're, you're never going to get better. You're never going to get better. Because your hope is in yourself. Your faith is in yourself. The performance of self. I found that I failed that miserably until I let God take control and then when He does take control, guess what? I find that obedience lies therein. <laughs> you know, I mean, for me, whatever you're thinking, you know, faithfulness, whatever it is. But when we give ourselves to God humbly and we, we realize what He is over us, then we have a different outlook on life. We have a different way of living. A Christian way of living. Look what he says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. So we have to figure that out. It's not going to just all of a sudden wake up one day. Oh, he just filled my heart. No. He's going to come into our mind as we come. And he reasons together with us. You know, you're not going to convince him. He's already, he's reasoning with you. He's reasoning with us. See. And he'll cleanse our heart. And he'll... Allow us to love him. And with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, he wants all of us. Do you not see that? Now listen, the devil wants all of you too. And you think about someone that you know is bound in the sin. And you could read this scripture and see that that person is completely over to the devil. Because that's where they put their faith in, is out here in the world. When you and I quit putting our faith in the world, we put our faith in God, we start traveling under a different wind in a different direction with a different kind of wind in our sails, don't we? Because we're looking to God. We're seeking Him. The second is this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. <laughs> we live in America. Me, mine, and I, mine, all three of me. How dare I have to love my neighbor as myself? Boy, that's pretty hard. Isn't it? It is. It is. It is. My neighbor is a criminal. And I'd love to see him in jail. But I have to love him. I have to live with him. Put up with him a little bit. It's difficult. God's trying to show us something. He's trying to train us to be in a different way. My mind first goes, well, I can't do that. If your mind is not given over to God, subject to God, you can't do this. If you're not willing to humble yourself before God, you can't do this. <coughs> if I wasn't a Christian, I hate to tell you, my neighbor wouldn't be in good straits. I'm just talking about a particular person, <laughs> not any neighbor. But the thing is, is he wants us to understand the spiritual side of things, that we're called to a spiritual thing. What, what if I could save my, instead of getting you arrested, I want him arrested so bad. Instead of getting you arrested, what if I could convert him to Christ? He'd have to do a couple of these things. He'd have to see that. He's totally in control of Whatever And I want to be totally in control of Christ. I want to be, I want to be drinking of the fountain that God gives us. That I can be free.
free from shackles of sin that I see my neighbors under and that I've been under. Romans 12. We're just going to read the first few verses here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So first of all, we have to see the mercies of God to understand them, all right? He's beseeching us by the mercies of God, but if we don't even know what the mercies of God is, we don't know what he's talking about. We've got to know the mercies, mercies of God, salvation to the sinner. Right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Now, we've got some instruction. He's giving me some instruction where I can think about this now. Living sacrifice. I'm living. <coughs> sacrifice. Uh, I can figure that one out. Right? Because each person's going to have a different thing to sacrifice. Because I don't want anything between me and God. Yeah, I don't care what it is. I don't want anything between me and God. Christ himself only. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. So not just any way. We're not going to burn ourselves like the Lord. <coughs> he wants us to be holy and acceptable to God. There is a way that he wants me to be. Oh, okay. That helps me because I need that instruction so that I know what he's saying to me. And be not fashioned according to this world. Oh, there's another good instruction. Okay, so most of my life I've been fashioned according to this world. That means I'm going to need to, well, I have to trim some of the fat. I'm going to have to kind of consider who I am and where I've been led in this life. Hmm. I better think about that one. And be not fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, 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 I see. He wants me to have a renewing of my mind. My word's still obedience, faithfulness, whatever you want to call it. A renewing of my mind. That you might prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. For I say through the grace that was given me to every man that is amongst you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Well, there's another one. Thank you for that one. Because all of us Howards need that one. Some of you guys aren't pure brother Howards, but I'm telling you, Dad taught us to think pretty highly of ourselves because he taught us to be independent. But he says not to think more highly of myself than I ought. So maybe I should bring it down a little <clears throat> Right? He wants me to be sober in my thought about who I am. I'm not above you. Right? We're brethren. Shoulder to shoulder. We're all in the boat together. <clears throat> not to think of himself as to think soberly according to as God has dealt to each man a measure of faith. Oh, so... Some people have a greater faith and some people have a smaller faith, but we're all working on that faith in Christ. You know, everyone lives by faith, right? The world lives by faith. They live in faith of money, fame, power, all that stuff. We live by this kind of faith in Christ Jesus that was qualified to forgive me of my sins because he was a qualified sacrifice. 
that I can live righteously in God even though I'm not perfect. For even as we have many members in one body and all have members have not the same office, so we who are many are one in body in Christ and severally members of one another. Okay, so not just us here in this little congregation, but we're, we owe one another. We're members one of another because we're members of Christ. And so we owe one another that brotherly respect to tell one another the truth about sin, the truth about the gospel, the truth about Christ, the truth about the Holy Spirit, so that we can, in confidence, live in grace and truth. That we might be the first fruits that God wants us to be. You know, when he talks about fruit and growing and all that stuff, he does, you know, a, an apple doesn't come out there and get about the quarter size and it just stays there. Yeah, let's go harvest all them quarter size apples. Are you with me? I mean, they've been on there for, you know. No, we're going to wait till they're full and ripe, big. You know? And then we'll go out for the harvest. Why? Because then they're worth something. Them quarter size apples ain't worth nothing. Try to sell them. I don't want to be a quarter sized apple. I want to be that fruit that's bared on that tree, that spiritual tree. He wants us to bear fruit. What fruit is that that we're bearing? Righteousness. Righteousness in Christ. Faith. Growing, maturity. Learning what God wants. Understanding. These are all growth patterns. All right, we're almost done. Hebrews 13. Fingers faster than the mind. Hebrews 13. We're going to be down to verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people, set them apart, through his own blood, suffered outside or without the gate. Let us therefore go forth unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Bearing his reproach. For we have not here an abiding city, but we seek after the city which is to come. Through him, then let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of lips which make confession to his names, but to do good and to communicate and forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now I want you to listen to that sacrifice list again. Through him, through Christ, then let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of lips which make confession to his name. And then to do good, to communicate, forget not. There were the sacrifices, doing good, communicating, remembering, forgetting on. Those are the sacrifices he wants us to be brokenhearted about sin. We're not burning calves on an altar today, smelling blood and all that stuff. We've already had a sacrifice, sitting on the right hand of God right now in authority. And our last verse this morning is 1 Peter. 
Second chapter and fifth verse. Well, I'm going to start at the top of the chapter. Putting away, therefore, all wickedness and all guile, lying to ourselves here, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes long for the spiritual milk that is without guile, that ye may grow thereby unto salvation. If ye have tasted, the Lord is gracious, unto whom coming a living stone, rejected indeed of men, but with God elect, precious. Ye also, now here's who we are, as living stones are built up to a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ, because it is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth him shall not be put to shame. Now, I'm not going to read any more of that. You can read the rest of that. But this is the one who gives salvation. This is the one who is the head of the corner. The one who has given himself in our behalf. The one whom we can appreciate. The one whom we can count on. I don't have to count on myself. So I'm going to fail myself. But I count on God because he's not going to fail me. And I'm going to count on him to lead me because I want to also have those spiritual sacrifices of righteousness that I might be living, acting, seeking, faithfully obedient. All of it. So that when we have that accounting and we go on that last day, we're held in the angel's arms as we escape the judgment and condemnation of the world. Think about that. And because of Christ. <coughs> I hope this morning this helped you understand our journey a little bit better. If you're outside of Christ, we know that the only way to God is through Christ. Being baptized is the starting of that journey. And the rest of our lives, well, it's the learning of that journey. It's the walking on that journey. So if we can help you in any way, we'd love to. And we'll stand and sing our closing song. Thank you.